baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Truth Social. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. So Monday's news that Elon Musk reached an agreement to purchase Twitter for $44 billion, extra $44 billion lying around, has triggered heated debate about the role of free speech in American society. But many wonder what will happen to the influential social media platform under Musk's leadership. Joining us now to well tell us what he thinks Musk needs to do with Twitter is Dan Gaynor. He is the Vice President of Free Speech America and Business for the Media Research Center. Dan, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. There is certainly enough going on. And yeah. uh, and so it's interesting, those of us who are really free speech oriented, we went from having one gladiator fighting force to another gladiator fighting force. I mean, we've gone, when Donald Trump rose to the national four he was a big free speech guy big fighter for, for, for social media justice as well and now it's elon musk and elon musk appears to have been uh triggered to use a lefty word triggered by the discrimination against babylon b enough that he went and spent 44 billion dollars yeah. hey wouldn't it be nice if you had 44 billion lying around I'm just going to go. Somebody ticked me off. I'm going to buy the company. I mean, for those, if there's an old W.C. Fields movie, if I had a million, um, <laughs> and, and it's some this uh, aging millionaire gives away millions to random people in the phone book by using an eyedropper of his medicine to pick them. If I had 44 billion, that's, you know, I, I guess I'd buy Twitter. And, and you know, what's interesting is many. I think hailed this as a as an opportunity to kind of repair or restore some semblance of democracy, shall we say, over to Twitter. But it, what's been funny is to watch the response on the left. I mean, you've got dozens of Hollywood leftists and socialists that are coming out saying that they're canceling their account. Of course, some of them have then canceled their accounts and then turned them back on because they don't want to be without the platform. Um, what do you think will happen now that Musk controls one of literally the most important ways the public now receives news? Are you worried that we're going to see any negative effects, or do you think it's all a plus? Well, I mean, could it be worse? <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, for people who don't follow Twitter or aren't active on it, Twitter is important not because of uh, 
what it does, it's important because who it, who's on it. And we're talking about journalists, politicians, activists, and celebrities, the people who are uh, the most involved in setting the agenda for our culture. And when the left started banning conservatives out of that platform, well, then they gave them complete control over what's being discussed. So if Elon Musk hits a reset button and delivers neutrality, as he said, you know, We've been getting our teeth kicked in since 2014. I'll take neutrality any day. Yeah, and it was interesting because I read that recent op-ed that you posted uh, on uh, Fox News where you posed nine questions for Elon Musk now that he's purchased Twitter. The first was, will Trump return? And that's a good example of sort of, I mean, the Ayatollah has a Twitter account. You know, the jihadists over in Palestine have a Twitter account. Do you think Musk will or should restore accounts of some of those who've been banned under the old management? Yeah, I I think Musk has to let everybody back. Give them give them a, a you know the new set of rules. Which incidentally, they seem even though Musk hasn't taken over yet, it seems like the rules have changed a little bit even now. Uh, there's been a, a sort of a rush to uh, welcome back some people and. Uh, speaking personally, I've um, I experienced now I've been locked down on social media at one at one level for follower count for more than a year, and it's recently gone up a little bit. So I'm hoping that that means maybe you know maybe I'm out of Twitter jail. <laughs> uh, I think you're right. I think he does have to allow some of these because it, it never made sense to me. That you're gonna, you know, ban the New York Post, or you're gonna ban legitimate news outlets, or the President of the United States, and yet you allow Communist China to have official Twitter accounts. Uh, what about so-called, you know, misinformation and disinformation? It's another way I think that key topics were suppressed on the platform. That's another of the key questions you pose. Does do you think he now? opens up that forum, and for that matter, do you think he gets rid of the fact-checkers? Because, frankly, they seem to be fairly biased as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a start. I certainly would get rid of the fact-checkers. The fact-checkers are bogus because they fact-check narrative, not fact, and they rely on sources that are often wrong. Uh, The World Health Organization, one of the sources that they rely on, well, if I posted negative things about the World Health Organization, I'd get in trouble. Right. New York Times back in September of 2020 wrote a piece about how the World Health Organization's policy of keeping open borders during a pandemic is actually not based in anything involving medicine or science, it's simply politics. But they can write that and raise, you know, raise that objection. I can't well, because they're a legitimate news organization, apparently you're not. Uh, yeah, they're too legit to quit. I guess. Oh, uh, that's I see what you did there. Um, we're talking with Dan Gaynor from the Media Research Center. I don't know if you saw President Obama, former President Obama, recently opined that he wants more censorship of content that he finds questionable. How do you think Musk is going to work with? You know, those folks who already want to regulate him. I mean, because, you know, the left is now going to come after him. They're going to target him. They're going to target his tweets and his Twitter feed. And they're going to try and see if he can if they can manipulate him. And so will the leftist employees at Twitter, by the way, into trying to, you know, keep some of that that rigorous 
censorship already in place. Well, yeah, they're, they've got to do what they can to stop him. They're still trying to stop him. And then, of course, beyond that, uh, they've moved on to the new political solution, which is foreign regulation, not even just American regulation. So they've got, you've got the, the new um, authority over speech that's be out of the White House. That's bad enough. But then the Europeans are passing what they call the Digital Services Act, which right. is designed to restrict online speech as well. And so we need an act of Elon Musk to fight that. Um, in the past, Musk has said that he wants Twitter to, quote, adhere to free speech principles. That's easier said than done, because if you're truly adhering to free speech, porn, uh, you know, racial slurs, spam, things that people don't want to hear— well, that's all covered and protected under the First well, Amendment. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if automated speech is protected. Okay. So maybe spam is not protected. Okay, sure, but certainly uh, porn, porn porn's, and— Porn's on Twitter now. Yeah. Well, oh, wow. So, I... so they'll get rid of the president of the United States, but they still allow porn. <laughs> they allow dictators and porn, but not the president of the United States. So, so, you know, if he were to not get rid of porn, well, then that would be the status quo. Um, and— you know, so-called hate speech is often uh, deployed by by the left to, to silence dissent. Yes. So you can't say on Twitter a man is a man and a woman is a woman. No, that's a that's a really good point because it does seem like uh, things that they consider to be attacks on a, like progressive groups, like you like you said, transgenderism, for example, those were censored. Uh, conservative views on COVID for is another great example. If you posted something about ivermectin, that was flagged as misinformation. Hopefully, that'll stop now under a free speech platform. Yeah, and it should because I mean, like the Wuhan lab leak. Yeah, it took more than a year before that didn't get you suspended, even though it's now widely considered to be the reason why. Um, you know, we all nearly a million Americans have died from COVID. Well, hopefully, I mean, I think every Twitter no user knows that tweets, some, some of them can be hateful. The platform has in the past, I know people who've left the platform, especially conservatives, especially lawmakers, because it's pretty hate-filled space in right, some but cases. So if you get rid of the bots, the automated accounts, I'm convinced that a lot of these so-called hate would go away because a lot of that is low, low number accounts that are brand new. Yeah, that's and true. That's that's um, you know, set up a rule saying, oh, okay, you you can't even uh, can't even respond to people until you get five hundred posts. So that it's not you because know, I think you're right. There are a lot of these accounts that'll just come on there. They have no profile pic or just some you know obviously fake account or a troll account, and that's where some of the most nasty comments come from. Hopefully. Uh, Twitter may actually become a more pleasant place under under new well, leadership. I just wanted to go back to 2014. Yeah, no, you're right. Where where people could people could speak freely, and no, that's not that doesn't mean we want it to go back to the 1980s apartheid as they pretend on on the View. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Exact. But you're right. I think I think what we want is a free dialogue of exchange of ideas. And you know what? If you don't like what you're hearing, then move on. Then close the app and go. You know, go or to Facebook them. or something. Or, or block something. them. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, lovely concept. Block it or mute them. <laughs> Dan, I, I appreciate you. If folks, let's see if we can get you a few more followers. It's at Dan Gaynor, G-A-I-N-O-R. And online, it's mrc.org, correct? 
Yeah, and also newsbusters.org. Newsbusters. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for joining us this evening. Carry on the fight, my friend. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you, and I really mean that. Everybody understand, needs to understand that the, the fight here is we rely heavily on talk radio. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Take care. We'll be taking your calls at 745, but coming up after the break, House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins will be with us in studio talk about the veto session. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.